Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. The seven dimensions of applied behavior analysis really take us to the basics, the building blocks, the foundations, the underlying characteristics, and underpinning philosophies of applied behavior analysis. Applied behavior analysis, sometimes called ABA, is governed by these seven dimensions. It is how we detect whether or not what we are doing classifies itself as behavior analysis or as something else, ABA-like, if you will. With the seven dimensions, there's an easy way to kind of keep them in mind, and that is to have them spell out a word, such as get a cab or bat cage. Get a cab, if we use that acronym, it stands for generality, effective, technological, applied, conceptually systematic, analytic, and behavioral. It's more important that we know what these terms mean and kind of why they're so important to us on a day-to-day basis rather than it is that we just remember or recall them. It is important that we are looking to teach skills and behaviors that um, occur in places other than where they were taught. In order to say someone has acquired and then generalized a skill, We want to see them perform it with new people, new places, in new situations. We also want them to be effective, the interventions that we're using and the skills that we're developing. We want them to generalize at the appropriate times and place. And we're going to know whether or not what we're doing is effective if we're taking data. So it's very important that when we talk about an ABA or Applied Behavior Analysis Program that we have some way to measure the effect or the change, and we hope that that change is going in the desired direction. When we have treatment programs or protocols, we want to make sure that we use enough detail so that they can be replicated by other people in our environment and so that they can produce around the same kind of results or outcomes. We often talk about uh, having these detailed procedures as being technological, being very precise. The more precise we are or the more information we provide, the higher the likelihood that somebody else would be able to get the same results by following those same steps. Think of it, if you will, as a recipe. If I say put a pinch of this and a dash of that and sprinkle a little bit of this, then what you produce as your final product may look very different than what I produce if I had rather instead said we would use one cup of sugar, two dashes of salt, and we would use three sprinkles or moves of our hand on the sprinkle container. Um, In that situation, we're going to have more similar outcomes. And so it's really important to think about being technological and detailed driven when we write treatment programs and protocols. It's incredibly important that what we are looking to do is to support individuals with behaviors that are socially significant or things that are applied for them, things that are relevant and important to the client. This might mean things like learning to tie shoes, or it might be really important for the client to learn to ride a bike. It's also really important for the client or the child or the student or individual to have pro-social behaviors and to refrain from aggressive behaviors or making hurtful or threatening statements. So in that situation, we are going to consider safety variables as well, 
But in general, we do try to make sure that we are generating programs, protocols, procedures, and reinforcement programs um, for behaviors that are of interest and are relevant to the client. When we say something is socially significant, we mean that it is going to pertain to that individual's lifestyle in a way that allows them to be more meaningful um, participants or gain more independence with their life. So when we're talking about conceptually systematic, that means that we're going to use evidence-based or research-driven means of which we're going to develop our procedures and how we're going to go about conducting things such as our functional assessments, our functional analyses. How are we going to implement uh, differential reinforcement or um, a DRO program? What are the components? Well, rather than reinventing the wheel, let's start and going to what has been demonstrated in the experimental applications or in the experimental analysis of behavior and the laboratories, as well as what has been done in other applied situations that might be similar that we can extrapolate from. We also have to make sure that we are analyzing any data that we collect meaning that we are going to not just have measurements and and see if the data is going in the desired direction, but we're going to do something about it if it's not. So we're going to be really analytic. Um, Of course, that falls into play with being a behavior analyst and providing applied behavior analysis services. The last component, the seventh dimension, is B for behavioral, and it really truly comes down to of being able to observe and to measure what it is that we are hoping to change or improve. So for example, if somebody was happy and we wanted to see them happier under certain conditions, we would want to be a little bit more descriptive. We might say that somebody is happy when they are answering questions or smiling or telling us about their weekend. Those are all different correlates, if you will, of things that we can observe and that we can measure. If we can observe it, we can measure it, we can change it, which is what we're trying to do when we're talking about improving the quality of life for individuals with whom we work. That's a brief overview of the seven dimensions of applied behavior analysis. For more information on those seven dimensions or about ABA, please visit www.behaviorbabe.com. 